I'm Shivani Gupta and welcome to the Ask Shivani Podcast. I believe that one of the best presents that you can give yourself is time to be able to sit down and ask yourself some questions. I believe that the quality of the questions that you ask yourself will determine the quality of your life. Hey everyone, this is Shivani on the Ask Shivani podcast. We are going to talk about something that really drives me bananas. It is dealing with narcissists. So narcissists around everywhere. They might be in your home. They might be in your workplace. They may be in your friendship circles. They may be in, they're everywhere. So let's talk about today narcissists, what they are, what their patterns are, how they suck us in, how we deal with them, what we have to do to really get out of it and start to live life without so much influence from narcissists. So the official definition of narcissist, when you look at that, it's somebody, now everybody has an interest in themselves, right? But narcissists have this excessive interest in themselves. They really admire themselves. They think they are crash hot. They think they're amazing. And often they don't believe because they've got an excessive interest in themselves. That means that they probably have a lot less interest in you. And so one of the the things that really, I didn't even know this really word narcissist. I'd sort of heard of it, but didn't really understand it. And, you know, sometimes in life, you've got to go through and experience what a narcissist does in terms of their cycles. And you feel this pain about, oh my God, why is it that people treat me like this? What is this about? What do I do about it? That you then start to understand what a narcissist is, what they do. And when you start to read about it and you start to understand the patterns of a narcissist, you go, oh my God, I so am done with this. And I so want to live a life that's got a lot less narcissistic people. So I just want to share with you what I've learned the hard way in this podcast I just want you to reflect on it, as which is almost my intention. And I just hope for those of you listening today to this podcast, if you've got a narcissist, whether you're aware of it or not, we know the first thing is if you're not aware, you want to become aware of the pattern going, oh, my God, so this person that's been giving me the shits in terms of how they do different things, right now I've got a label for them. Some of you might be aware that you've got narcissistic people in them. You want to identify what patterns might you might be in. And the other area that I'm going to speak about is some strategies in terms of being able to deal with a narcissist. And they will range from all the way from having to deal with them to perhaps choosing not to deal with them at all. So let me talk and dive into all of that. So the first thing is, if you are surrounded by somebody in your life that is overly excessively interested in themselves, they think they're really important, they admire themselves. And often they do that in a way that they put themselves up here and as a result of that often put you down or other people around with them. So you might be experiencing this narcissistic behaviour from somebody towards you, but you might also be um, experiencing this narcissistic behaviour from person A through to person B and you're kind of watching this narcissistic behaviour. So just be aware of that. So narcissists have stages, whether they even realise or not. And the first thing that they will do is that they will overlove you overcompensate, overpraise you, tell you how amazing you are. So this is what I call is their little strategy for like sucking you into their little web, into their world so that they can really start to make you feel fantastic. 
Now, if you have a great level of self-confidence and level of self-esteem, then you're not so sucked in very easily because you already feel pretty complete about that. For most of us, at some stage, we'll go, oh, my God, this person's really nice. And we will actually be kind of attracted to this person who is being so charming and wonderful. So they will almost overlove you, right? It's probably the word to put it in. They will tell you they want to become all of your world and they, you know, just shower you with love. And you then start to go, this person is pretty freaking amazing. Then over a period of time, one of the things that they will tend to do is they will start to then devalue you. Um, after they've got your trust, after you feel like that this person is amazing, whether they're a friend or a co-worker or a partner or somebody else in your family or friendship circle. And so the way that they devalue is that they might lie to you. Um, they might throw you an insult. Sometimes those insults are sort of wrapped up in a little, what I call basically a shit sandwich, right? Like there's a bit of bread, but there's shit in the middle and then there's still a sandwich. So they will lie to you, they will insult you, and sometimes they don't even say anything, but they'll withhold your love. That might be silent treatment. That might be a way to just withhold their love so that they don't want, um, so you then start to know going, oh, my God, I had all of this and now I've got this withdrawal of it. So there's a lot of behaviours that they have which essentially then just start to make you feel devalued. And when you feel devalued, when they either lie and salt or do, you know, withhold their love or have these manipulative behaviours around it, um, my experience has been there's a whole range of feelings that come up around it. So you might feel, you know, at times isolated. You might feel a bit indecisive, like you were feeling really confident about something and then they go, oh, okay, fine, fine, you do whatever. They withhold their love and then you can actually become really indecisive in terms of who you are and what you want to do. Um, at times I felt really unwell physically. So it can actually have a physical impact on who you are and how you operate because of this narcissistic behaviour. Um, sometimes you can almost start to dissociate yourself and start to completely remove yourself, which again can lead to isolation. So there's a whole heap of behaviours that happen. I would so check it out, Google it, understand it more as I'm speaking about this today. But once you've recognised some of these stages, look at how they might be coming out in those narcissistic behaviours towards you. Um, some people, when they've had narcissistic people in a lot of their life, will have, um, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD. And um, it can have really big impacts in terms of your life. I've experienced ex-friends um, who have been really narcissistic. I've had different family members that have been really narcissistic. I've absolutely been in the workplace, um, both in the corporate land and even clients that I've had to deal with who are really, really narcissistic. And, you know, it's not to say that we can cut all of those out um, completely out of our lives. There'll always be narcissistic people around, but it's the impact that it has on us. It's, it's the impact that it has on you and how you want to manage that. You want to be able to, you know, run your own life and not have these narcissistic people um, take you in and out of their webs and their patterns and their roller coasters in terms of what that they want to do. So what I wanted to do was spend quite a bit of time here really looking at how do you actually break the cycle? What do you do? How do you make that happen? So the first thing that I wanted to say is that in our society, we talk a lot about physical abuse. We talk about uh, financial abuse. We talk about sexual abuse. One of the things that, um, you know, I believe is that narcissistic behaviour like this is a form of abuse. 
So this whole I'm going to overlove you, I'm then going to devalue you, and then I'm going to basically discard you at some point. And then the fourth thing that happens is either they will just do that once or they will repeat that pattern. And then they will apologise and, look, I'm really sorry this happened. There'll be some level of stupid, piss-weak excuses that come around it. And what they then want to do is repeat that cycle. So then they'll overlove you, start to devalue you at some point, um, discard you, and then, um, you know, try and charm you again. So they tend to repeat the cycle over and over again. So people that have been dealing with this for, um, you know, perhaps somebody in their life for years and years and years, um, absolutely, you may have some PTSD around that, but you also need to understand that it is actually a form of abuse. Um, I don't want to rate what form of abuse it is and how it relates to other things, but it is a form of abuse. The, the second thing, which I know we have some incredible people and teachers around the world, I'm learning so much about setting boundaries from a couple of um, meditation teachers that I've got in my life. Um, but also from, you know, books that you can read with Brene Brown and Oprah talks a lot about boundaries. You need to really have some very, very clear boundaries in terms of how you operate with them. So some of the boundaries that I've had to set have ranged from limiting my exposure to them. And then when I've realised that their behaviour is quite narcissistic. And so my trick is to work on my self-esteem. So when they're over loving me, I don't buy into their crap. I don't go into their web because I know how the web's going to turn out every single time. So then when they're being over charming is not to fall for it and to actually set some boundaries really, really clearly up front. So when that charm starts, being able to see that and let's say it's somebody in your workplace and uh, or somebody in your close family, um, but you know that you, don't, you can't or won't uh, be able to completely cut them off. So then you start to say, okay, well, how, what's my strategy here in terms of setting my own boundaries? And so one of the boundaries I've set is how much I engage with them outside of when I have to. So if you've got somebody really narcissistic in your workplace and let's say they work as somebody in close to your team or they might even be in your team and you have to manage them either as a colleague or as somebody that works for you or somebody that you work for, you kind of have to work for them unless you want to exit and do other things, which is always a strategy too. But one of the things is, well, how do I set my boundaries so I keep to my professionalism around that? How do I not let them get into the let's go and, you know, have drinks and, hey, we haven't caught up for so long and fall into that charm and that overlove strategy that they will always try and have you and then before they devalue and move into that second stage. Same thing happens in your family or friendship circles as well. So if, you know, your kids are friends with um, somebody else's friends, but you know that parent is pretty narcissistic, well, then how do you manage that? How do you limit their exposure on you? Or how do you let the kids socialise but not let always socialise with the parents? Or if it's somebody that is um, a friend of yours or a family member of yours, how do you not fall into their charm again and really setting those clear, clear boundaries around that? And if they move into that second stage of devaluing you in terms of lying or insulting you or withholding their love, then calling them out on their behaviour and saying, that's actually not okay with me. Now, at that point, they'll either go into complete denial and go into overlove again, or they will discard it. There are some narcissists that will change their behaviour when you call them on their devaluation stage. 
and they'll go, yeah, okay. So I'm not suggesting that all narcissists will never, ever, ever change their behaviour. But for a lot of them, when you've got that pattern with them over and over again, they're unlikely to. So the role becomes yours and the responsibility becomes yours to be able to say, okay, well, what am I going to do with this narcissistic behaviour? Particularly once I hit the devalue stage, when they start to have these behaviours that made me feel isolated and unloved and unworthy and indecisive, and I'm starting to dissociate, this is not good for me, and how I'm going to call out to them. And you can call out with that behaviour verbally, you can write to them, you can process that, or you can make that decision that perhaps you don't want to hang around with them and you really need to limit some of the stuff that you need to do. Um, the other thing that I find as a strategy is so important to protect my energy. So I find that, you know, we're energetic beings, right? And we will be somewhere I, and I can have a great interaction with somebody and that fills my cup. So I end up walking away from that interaction with more energy. I can also go over here and interact with somebody that is a really terrible uh, interaction and I feel that my energy is depleted as a result of it. So there's some great spiritual ways in being able to cover yourself with light. Um, some of the teachers that I've worked with talk about covering yourself with white light and white lighting yourself. Other teachers that I've had an opportunity to work with talk about um, using golden light. Um, I recently came across um, a beautiful woman, Lynette, um, who I met uh, last year. And she's got an amazing podcast, by the way, by the way, called The Woo Woo Worse. And you can actually look up the golden light meditation that she does in that in her podcast and she just shares that really freely. And I've just started to do some of that as well. So finding ways to protect your energy, whether it's doing that spiritually, whether you are protecting that um, in terms of your interactions with them, but really watching out your energies, really checking in, well, what's happened to my energy levels? Do I feel charged um, and I've got more uh, or have I got less? Has it been nourished and my cup's been more filled or has it been um, lost because of that interaction? And what do I need to do to protect my energy, particularly around a narcissist? Most of the time around narcissists, you'll find that you will lose your energy. Um, so you may need to have other techniques to either fill up your energy afterwards or have a little gap in your diary. Uh, if you've had a particular interaction or a meeting with them, um, for example, I have a couple of narcissists in you know, the kids' family circles um, and some of their parents. So one of the things I do is I have about a 45-minute limit and I know that I can manage my energy levels really well to them, but then I don't want to sit there gossiping about other parents or teachers or schools. Like that really takes a lot of energy away from me. And so what I tend to do is keep that conversation really light and keep it at a particular level. It lasts about 45 minutes. After that 45 minutes, I'm out of there. I'm done. And so I have that time limit set with me, knowing that it helps me manage my energy levels as well. And I think the other thing is to really look at making sure that narcissists will always promise you the world. Look, I've changed. I'll now do this. And they will actually, some of them will actually show you that they've made these changes to be able to do that. So one of the people that was really narcissistic in my personal life, um, one of the things that she would do is say, you know, knowing that I'm a meditator, knowing that I'm a reader, she'll go, look, you know, that interaction didn't end very well. One of the things I want to let you know now, Shivani, is that, you know, I've really started to read a lot more spiritual books and I realised that, you know, the way that I'm living is not great. Um, oh, by the way, I've, you know, started meditation practices she even once sent me a meditation 
uh, group that she joined and let me know that. So I went, you know, forgiveness is really important. This person's really changing. This person's really changed. This is fantastic. So they'll show me these, even these behaviours um, that'll show me that they've promised to change. And then one, one of the things that would happen is I would let her link come in and then the same freaking pattern will start. The overlove, um, the devaluing, the discard and the overcharm, just constantly this pattern. And so one of the things I was like, I am so done with this. Um, and so I don't actually want to see any promises anymore from people that are narcissistic. So promising is great. I want to see some action. I want to see some real action. And I want to see that action over a bit of consistent period of time, not for a week, not for a month. I want to see you change, not for me to get me back into your web. I want to see you change that from a variety of different things that you're going to do. So I, one of the things I want you to get out of this podcast is recognize if somebody and and put that label on them if you recognize some of the things that I'm speaking about as somebody who's narcissistic do your own research look at patterns that narcissists have literally google it and yes there'll be different articles around that but for me they have these stages because you know when somebody's really balanced and not a narcissist they will love you but they don't over love you they don't have to shower you to charm you to get you to go into that stuff and once somebody starts to devalue me by lying to me, by insulting me, by withholding their love in terms of what that they do, I also now recognise that that if they're doing it to me, they're also doing it to others. And if they're doing it to me once, they're more likely, unless I have boundaries around it, to keep doing that to me. So I've had patterns where somebody's, you know, been a narcissist for a decade or more. And I've had to really put some boundaries in place to be able to say, how is it that I want to do it? Because it's not good for me. And when I'm in that stage of feeling like isolated and indecisive, it has an impact not only on me, but it has an impact on my family. Like, you know, I'm in this thing then trying to fill my cup back up to actually then be able to function again. Sometimes it's been that bad with my workplace and my businesses and my kids and my husband and my close friends. And so it takes me a long time at times to recover from this um, insistuous, you know, cycle that just keeps going over and over again. So one of the things we have to do is if we're in these cycles, we want to be able to put, if we can't put a stop to it, at least put a, like a gate in there to say, okay, I'm going to put a gate in here to work out how to define a new boundary that this person's going to have to re-step through that. Um, also how to break it, you know, realise that it's a form of abuse, work out some boundaries get some support, like find um, a counsellor, find another friend, find somebody that you can speak to, um, listen to podcasts, listen to Brene Brown, listen to Oprah talk about boundaries, um, you know, do some research on what might be some simple ways that you can start to put some boundaries in terms of not letting these people in easily. And, um, and if you let them in and then they repeat that, then what are you actually going to do around that? And ask for some action around you so that there is some concrete action, not just these false, bullshit, crappy excuses in terms of what they're going to do. And they're actually going to make some changes in their life um, and then make a decision whether that is the right thing for you. There was one particular person who did show that they took a lot of actions. But, you know, when I really felt through that in my heart and my mind, I just didn't want to risk it again because the recovery for me was long. So I just said, look, that's awesome that you've made those changes. Um, I think that's fantastic. I hope that they serve you. Um, but I, I just really can't 
continue to see you as a friend. It's not going to work for me. And um, in that case, I made a decision to have more than a gate. I put a whole freaking, you know, six-foot fence around it, which I um, uh, don't want any reference to any political ex-presidents, um, but I had to kind of put a really big fence around it um, because the level of hurt and the recovery periods for me were just too long. And I didn't want to risk that. I didn't want to keep going back to that. And I was willing to let that friendship go um, because the impact on me and my family and my business were too great. Um, and I just had to let them go with love and say, yep, people come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. I really believe that saying. And it's our decision in terms of who we let in into our inner circles. And it's also up to us to push people out of our inner circles out to the circumference or bloody into fourth dimensions or wherever that they need to be so that they don't have that impact on you. I always wish you well. I hope that this something that I said today resonated or struck a chord or you're really angry or you're going to do something about it or you're sad but you're going to do something about it. Just don't let narcissists ruin, run your world. Make sure that you take some control and work out how you're going to run your world. Um, if you have any questions, you know, my website, my email address, this podcast is called Ask Giovanni. If there's any questions that you think or topics that you'd like me to cover, always just shoot me an email, always ask the questions that you do. And I would so love it if you would take a moment to review and rate this podcast. It would mean the world to me. Thank you. Thank you so much. And have a beautiful day. I'm Shivani Gupta, and you've been listening to the Ask Shivani podcast, where I got to ask some questions. Thank you so much for listening. Please follow Ask Shivani on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And if you haven't done so, please go to the Apple podcast and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It would mean a lot. Thank you. Thank you.